everybody. Welcome to the Paula Peralta Show. It's Paula Peralta. You already know what it is. We talk about things that we want to talk about with incredible people in the world. So thank you for being here. I'm joined today by someone who I've actually known for a long time since I was a little baby hairdresser. And um, one of the things I love about this person who I'm speaking about as if they're not here is um, that they have this like creative zest for life that is always really inspiring like every time i talk to him there's a new project or um there's like some other creation or collaboration that is just really fun and really inspiring and so i brought him here to talk to you about that so please welcome angus mitchell oh uh, thank you Hello, paula for that wonderful introduction of course thank you for being there's more i can say but we you know i wanted to get you talking so I, it wasn't just me the whole time i didn't know that you were a little tiny hairdresser well, well i don't know i don't know that i've ever been little tiny baby. but, like, but I, I was a little, at one this point big. i was this, this, this big like <laughs> learning how to cut an a-line bob oh uh, um, I, I get that my whole career i remember you oh, when you were this big i would so. imagine yeah right because you know your dad is a little bit iconic <laughs> as are you which is amazing it's fine the pups are they want to, they want to play. Um, okay. So Angus, I know, and let's, let's talk about this cause people might not know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and some of the businesses that you're creating in right now? Oh my goodness. Well, um, I am Angus Mitchell, the son of Paul Mitchell. Yes. And, um, oh, did you know that? Oh yes. <laughs> Dinero, did you Dinero like that? Is riveted. Um, and, uh, yeah, shoot. I started doing hair in 1992. Amazing. That's just last year. And, um, <laughs> I started off at a school called Vidal Sassoon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, fondly, all of my memories go to, um, before starting Vidal Sassoon, I wanted to become an actor, which is funny because my dad wanted to become an actor before that his mom said, you need to learn how to make a career, a living in case acting doesn't work out for you, you have something to uh, fall back on. I did not know this. Yeah. I love it. Okay, keep going. So uh, my mother was an actress and her agent wanted yep. me. Uh, my grandmother was a Filipino opera singer and gave voice lessons. I would mimic her when I was home from school. She grabbed me by my little ear and took me across the street and I sang for the Metropolitan Opera Choir for three years. What? So I can read music. I was pretty much born on stage and that's how, that's how I was popular in high school. That and Freeze and Shine because it was the 80s and they had the mall bang. <laughs> Um, they always wanted the freezing shine to be stronger. Uh, and so uh, when I finished high school, I went through my first quarter of college and I thought to myself, this is not working. Um, it only, it's only 1,600 hours and 10 months of a beauty school. And I dove into it. And it was the first time that something didn't come easily for me. Mm. Um, so it was funny because now there was a challenge. I found myself needing to work on it, needing to master it mm. um and it's as soon as let's just, let's just put it this way they really didn't want me there because ah. they knew i would eventually leave and i would take their valuable asset which is their education uh, and make it into paul, paul mitchell. mitchell yeah but i'm a glutton for punishment i stayed with sassoon's for uh, about four years i worked for them wow um assisted uh, in their salon in beverly hills and at the school in santa monica until one day someone called me up and they said angus what's your last name i said mitchell he said right you get yourself right back to your company and if you thought that would have been an easy transition it wasn't because paul mitchell was not ready for that type of education yeah. and they weren't ready to have the ownership of the company come in and they didn't know how to ask him to do things in the model room ah. so uh, I'm proud to say that I was the one who kept the model room very clean and neat. You didn't need to ask me to sweep the floor or to pick up those half-empty Coke cans that are left around the model room. Amazing. Um, and uh, I will say your like attention to detail is maybe the most precise of anyone I've ever met. Besides, say, boss, our producer. Like I think you two are like two little peas in the pod, but I know your attention to detail is exquisite. I hate seeing things across the room, and if it's not put in the right place, a little bit OCD. <laughs> My mom's a Virgo, so I kind of got that. Um, but yeah, so... Um, I'm just really proud of the persistence and where Paul Mitchell is today. Yeah. We are the leader in education and in the school system. Yeah. There is no more Sassoon education um, from the uh, cosmetology standpoint mm -hmm. and uh, really proud of our uh, foundation. I love that. Okay, so let's, I want to kind of go back to talking about you were at Sassoon for four years. You were yeah. in school there, like, and 
essentially like you were like they didn't they didn't want me there yeah. but like what was it that kept you like nose to the grindstone hustling like what was that that you were like listen i'm not leaving i'm gonna do this <sighs> you know paula i um i just got done uh, sharing this um for me i just had a drive i had a passion mm -hmm. i wanted to do right by my late father who had mm -hmm. passed mm -hmm. and then that was also my downfall because I carried that burden with mm. me. So, mm -hmm. but although along the way, I had so many influential people come up and support me. Of course. Um, very lightly and beautifully, Vidal Sassoon came up behind me while I was trying to do my skateboard set on my doll head. Um, <laughs> and he said, and, and I couldn't see him because I had my head towards the wall in a corner, hoping that no one would see. And he said, wow, Angus, look at your hands. They're just like your father. I turned around and there's Vidal. And if you ever saw the shaky technique, well, that's a, I got the shaky and the misty. It was all that all at once. Um, it's a very high level technique, the yeah, shaky and the yeah. misty. <laughs> there was a lot of people that were working for Sassoon's that were working with my dad back in the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. that would walk through the school and stop and uh, shake my hand and congratulate me and mm -hmm. say, we're so proud of you. Mm -hmm. uh, but my biggest uh, compliment that I've had were the educators today mm -hmm. telling me that they did everything they could to try to get me to quit <laughs> and how they were so proud because they thought I was at beauty school because I was because I had to they didn't know I was there because I wanted to yeah and so uh, getting knocked down and, and getting yeah. back up and doing it again yeah. is um, what I'm proud of my um, my feats and my um, and yeah well, even hearing that, I'm like, because I, there's so many things that I've watched you create, even outside of the beauty industry. Um, and I've watched, I'm like, wow, the tenacity is like, you have to be so invested in order to create the way that you create. Yeah. And I, and now hearing that story, we're like, no, I was in like a really hard situation. And I was like, I'm not giving up. Yeah. And then I think like as hairdressers, if you know, you know, like it's not easy, even just like whether it's haircutting or hair color styling, like it requires a level of commitment. Yeah in order to be great at your craft that I think we don't, I think we don't recognize in ourselves enough how truly committed and talented we are to be able to be successful business owners, to be successful artists on a stage, to be educators, um, to connect with clients. Like all of that stuff requires a level of, of talent that I think we probably, even for ourselves, I think I don't even recognize in myself a lot of times how like pow potent and powerful I am in that. So I love hearing that story. I think for me, and I think you could share it too, yeah. is we're so focused on being good, mm -hmm. but not just good. We want to be great, yeah. right? We want yeah. to perfect our craft, totally. and especially in education, right? We can kind of fake it behind the chair, you know. I'm just not not to be. Rude, no, but, it's true though. But the difference is like no one's going to come back behind you and cross check your work, yeah, right? Yeah. You're you're yeah. behind the chair and you're on a time limit and you're just making money. Yeah. Now you're in education and you're going to make sure that whatever you're doing on stage or on that doll head, if you're going to go walk to that um, future professional, that when you cross check it, it has to match what you're doing. Totally. Right. Yeah. So I didn't learn how to have fun until I started working with my best friend, Robert Cromings. Mm. And uh, for me, that was really the pinnacle of the change in my, um, in my attitude, in my feeling. Mm -hmm. When you're working on, as you know, educating sometimes hands-on, that could be an hour class mm -hmm. or hour and a half class. Mm -hmm. For me to be able to step up on stage and Robert tells you to do five haircuts in 30 minutes, <laughs> and he's got eight. Right. Um, pushes you, right? Yeah. It's like you have an idea of what you're going to do and you've talked to the model, but then that changes when you're up there. But you still had to be mindful within the parameters of what you had that chat with her in. Um, you know, since COVID, we, um, we haven't had those great hair shows mm -hmm. as frequent, mm -hmm. right? But now we're coming back yeah. and we're starting to do hair shows again. Uh, there was a movie called Sing. Do you remember that movie, yep. Sing? Love and it. Then there's a movie, I love Sing. Sing 2. Yep. So I went with my wife and my son, Dylan, to go watch it in the movie theater. And at the end, I started sobbing a little bit. I, I got teary-eyed. I wasn't sobbing. Something flew in my eye. It's popcorn. <laughs> and I got some butter in that's my eyeball. right, because you know how we eat. We just throw it on our face. <laughs> catch it in the air. And Mark said, what's the matter? What are you talking about? I said, well, you know, the koala's like Robert. 
He was oh. putting the show together yeah. for Vegas, and yeah. through all adversity, he got the show through, and then mm -hmm. they wanted to own the show. And I know Gathering is our Las Vegas show, but yeah. we're beginning to realize what's more important. Do we want to do a show for 5,000 people and have 5,000 people from all over the world and the U.S. fly in to have a good time and not be sober during class and hands-on? <laughs> or do we want to be more impactful and be more dangerous and have more of, of a one-on-one -on -one and have smaller groups of people yeah. and have it be more of a serious mm -hmm. conversation and classroom environment? So that's where we're at right mm -hmm. now. We're, we are being more wise with the investment of our customers so they yeah. get to have us one-on-one -on -one at their table during dinner too. Totally. And I think that's like huge because even there's like that thread of just culture because you look at, you talk about, you know, coming from a more kind of rigid educational background and then Robert being like, hey, let's have fun. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do what, let's know what we know and, and honor our craft, but also let's have fun with it. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing that is so much of been my experience is like, the culture of like, yes, let's be the best and let's invite people to also be the best and also let's have fun. Let's remember that this is fun and it's, it, it is artistry and it is creativity yeah. and it's culture. And I actually really love that. And one of the things too, um, I know you are, you have a lot of culture ambassador, ambassadorship opportunities <laughs> and like as, as obviously co-owner, but then also just like you, I know you're doing like these core trainings with Paul Mitchell. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about those? Like what is core and like what's the importance of it? Well, um, quite frankly, I think what's magical about how life's journey is, mm -hmm. life's journey being COVID happened. Yeah. Um, and we are in our houses living in our little square boxes in totally. Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and I would try and tiptoe because my wife Mara is a employee of JPMS, mm -hmm. and she's a cultural ambassador of Paul Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I would try to tiptoe past her, and she'd grab my little hand and say, you're going to sit here with me. And with, of course, obviously, we thought it would, it would be six weeks, and six weeks became six months, and yeah. then it became a year. Yeah. I never got so involved in my business mm -hmm. as I ever had before, because yeah. as an artist, as you know, we fly right. to the people. Right. I was never really plugged into... The mm -hmm. business itself and that's mm -hmm. where things change for me mm. now i'm like a hybrid mm -hmm. and it's perfect uh, combination yeah. so going into core uh, is something that uh, uh, mara and her partner jennifer mm -hmm. had uh, created um we became the sunny and, and share show on <laughs> zoom mara and i and everyone loved watching us because we have such a um, easiness yeah. light together yeah um and so she said what do you think about being our partner in CORE. So what I love about what CORE does at JPMS is it mm -hmm. pulls every department together and it sews them all together to show them that they're all working for one company, mm -hmm. that they're all one. Yep. So someone from marketing, someone from our PIC, someone from uh, their uh, accounting, mm -hmm. uh, design, and all the way to sales. Mm -hmm. So they get to see the the uh, thread of where it starts, how it's created, then where it goes from that to how it's designed the bottle, and then where it goes from that to our sustainability person that we've hired, mm -hmm. um, which we're really excited about because in Europe there's a sustainability law. If yep. you don't match that sustainability, then you can't say so, that you're yeah. sustainable. Right. So we can say that here, but we can't say that in in Europe. Today we can say that all the way around the world. Okay. So now, we, so now we've uh, continued to throw, to bind that thread, to sew that thread mm -hmm. all the way around. And in our core, we teach people to be vulnerable. Mm. So if you're able to be open and yep. bring down um, your wall a bit for some people, which can yep. be, you know... Scary. Scary, because yeah. <laughs> in different departments, right, yeah. maybe you're not so artistic. Maybe right. you're more mathematic. Maybe you're more... Yeah. Um, and so we're able to get the best out of them to be able to see that we are one company and that we are a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, yep. the more vulnerable, the more vulnerable you are, the more creative you can be. Yeah. And I think one of the things I've actually been through core, and yeah. one of the things that I actually loved are um, the conversations around like communication and conflict resolution, uh -huh. and really um, 
like that thing of lowering your walls and barriers and being like, okay, listen, when this occurred, here's how I felt about it. Here's what I'd like to have happen. Right. Instead of like people often going to like the emotion of like, you don't care about me or, you know, you know, like it really is such a cool integration of like the culture of Paul Mitchell to have something like that, where you're having actual tools so that when there is something that comes up, like you can be like, okay, I, I have core tools. Yeah. Like I can use these tools in any situation to like really communicate and to have everyone speaking the same language language culturally is yeah. it's really dynamic in the creation. Cause I have great relationships with people in other departments that I don't see often, but yeah. because we are speaking that same language, it's really easy to create with them. Yeah. And to your point too, like most of these people, they don't see all of every department mm-hmm. in one room. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's a magical part too. And to your other point, the powerful pause. Yeah. I always laugh because you girls, you guys are like, oh, yeah, I just talked to. And I'm like, so how did they sound? Well, we texted. And I didn't like the tone of their text. And I'm like, did it have a tone? I didn't know text could have a tone. It totally has a tone. It It totally has a tone. (laughs) Fight me on it. If you're watching, text have tone. Take a powerful pause before you react to those tones. It's so true. Anyway, but um, yeah, so we are uh, we are really proud. Uh, we've been able to take core uh, to different salons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, salons are begging for it. Yeah, um, we've been able to do it for distributors. Mm-hmm. We've done it for Sheila Gomez, one hour yeah. and a half on stage between Amazing. Mara and I. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, being able to see how it's able to um, to shift shape and work, mm-hmm. and we're able to make it work for different. Uh, I love that. And one of the things that's really cool about core is that, um, it, it really celebrates the individual. Like, what do you love? Like, what is it? What are, who are you? And like, how, how does you being you actually contribute to the greater whole? Um, and I know that actually you have a lot of really amazing hobbies. You've got your hands on a lot of different things and you're all, every time I talk to you, you're like, Oh, I have this new project or I'm doing this new thing. Um, and so I want to peel back those layers a little bit because I feel like there's things that people may not know about you. Um, one of which is you are a collector of sorts. Yes. Um, of, do you want me to say it or do you want to say it? You can say it. Okay. So you're a car collector. Yes, I am. And I'm going to say this because I, I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, like cars, it gets me from point A to point B. But knowing Angus has actually created the space where I'm like, wow, the joy of like, of choosing something, whatever it is, it could be car collection. It could be, I don't know, like collecting rocks on the beach, like whatever it is, like the joy that you have in this process is so amazing. And I actually want to talk a little bit about this because, um, I think it's like, there's the first level where it's like, yeah, like you have a lot of cars, but then when you actually peel back the layers, you have like this garage where you work with and you collaborate with what, like, what is he, an engineer? Like, I don't know. He does some (laughs) amazing stuff. So like, it's a deeper level and every car, um, stimulates another memory yes me. um, i love that so his name is noel mm-hmm. and he's my dream maker is what i call him right. and even uh, better than engineer right <laughs> uh he does everything he fabricates steel he's a genius with electrical and with building motors or um, engineer um and together we'll just sit down and like hair mm-hmm. you know um, i get inspiration through architecture mm-hmm. i get inspiration through furniture if you go through Pictures on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down the street and I stop in a store and I'm taking pictures of the furry texture of a big armchair. Like, yeah. oh, Sherling, like Lambswool chair. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I'm into modern architecture. I'm into Spanish architecture. I'm into mm-hmm. Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking all of that and then looking at cars through different periods of time. I wanted to do a hair collection based off of 50s cars. Mm-hmm. And when I um, had introduced it to my team at the time, they said, Angus, that'll, that, that will never translate in Europe or Japan or Asia uh, yeah. because it was American mm. muscle, or mm-hmm. not muscle cars. It was American 50s cars. Mm-hmm. So I was inspired by the tail fins of Cadillacs. Amazing. Um, later on that year, Prada did a whole collection based off of 50s automobiles from the from that era so they were doing the clothes were 50s skirts that were flared out mm-hmm. with tulle with the bowling bags and they were modeling on uh, in these uh, um, exerted uh, uh, gas stations in the desert amazing uh, the shoes had like little taillights at the back end of the uh, high heels and the tops of the shoes were 
embellished with like patent leather flames with uh, with different stones and stuff on them. And I was like, well, there we go. You know, mm-hmm. it, everything can be, um, what, how, how do you say? Uh, like an inspiration. Inspiration. Yeah. And adapted. And adapted to your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of did a deep dive deeper when I was a little kid. Hot Wheels cars kind of gave me my little um, imaginary go away from whatever was going on mm-hmm. and a deck of cards. I set up the deck of cards and make a little city and drive my little cars around. That's amazing. And never thought in a million years that I would be in a place that I am today. So yeah. 30 cars deep. What I do with my friend Noel, and now we have another gentleman. His name is Joe. Um, Joe Peck. Uh, we sit down, we fabricate and put tape on cars the same way that I look at hair. Mm-hmm. Fabricate fenders to be wider, create that beautiful Coke bottle mm-hmm. shape that yeah. cars maybe didn't have or if Harley Earl were alive today and he had the technology, what would he do mm. to enhance it? Amazing. And so I got five different projects happening. I'd be happy to explore it with your viewers later yeah, on. Totally. Or we could do like a sneak peek. For real. And that see where amazing. it is now and yeah. then see when it's finished. I would love that. But it's like the raw metal and steel is to me is the most exciting part before the paints on it when it looks like Frankenstein is really really exciting yeah well and I think that's what's so cool is that even um like I I know nothing about almost nothing about cars and most of what I know I learned in your garage to be honest (laughs) but like what's really cool is that you know I feel like anytime we've walked by and I've been like Angus tell me about this one you're like well this one is from here and this is why it's special and this is how we you know modified it or here's how I got it or this is who I got it from and I think it's so cool that like the passion just like seeps into every corner, every fender, every yeah. wheel. Like it's it's really amazing and actually inspiring to to watch you be so excited to navigate a new project. Like I think the last time, I don't know if this car's done now, but the last time I was there, um, there was like a one that had like it would shoot fire out the back of Oh, machine guns. <laughs> yeah, machine guns. Yes, literally you push a button and it'll come out the back taillights. So those people that are tailgating you and you really get pissed off and you're at a stop sign, you push the button, these little actuators come out and it looks like machine gun heads. You push a button and you hear rat tat tat and it shoots flames. <laughs> Oh I'm going to get arrested. I know. I was like, is that street legal? Like, can you no. actually try? Oh, I was like, I don't know. I'm like, that would be me driving that car being like, listen, they were riding my ass. So I just was like, that's so funny. Um, what was like, do you remember the very first car that you got? That was like a collector. I don't really know what determines something being a collector. Or not, well, but. the very first car that I invested in was um, when I was working at Sassoon's. Um, of course, my father provided for me that I wouldn't have to live off of what I was making. Okay. So I got to save whatever I was making. Mm-hmm. And Sassoon's was minimum wage. So <laughs> two seventy five an hour at the time. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I got, I got some great stories for you with that. But, um, you know, they would say, we don't pay you $2 and 75 cents an hour to stand around and do nothing. I said, I've done everything, sir. <laughs> and they grabbed me and put me in the front of the uh, reception, gave me a little, uh, a Tupperware of soapy water and a nail brush told me to scrub the grout. No. And you know me, I like saying hi to people and I'm dancing to like the music people are coming in to get their appointment. <laughs> and after an hour later, the uh, salon, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, like the reservationist? Yeah, uh, uh, manager. Oh, okay. Came up and grabbed me by my shoulders and shook me and says, what is it with you? Why are you always happy? And I said, because I'm like Cinderella. There's a light at my tunnel. I'm not uh. worried. But so that money I saved up, I bought a 1964 Cadillac. Mm. And um, I don't know how I was able to keep it because in life's journey, things change. Yeah. But from 1994, 95, up until 10 years ago is when I restored that car. Mm. And to me, that was my first um, restoration and mm-hmm. my favorite car. So when people say, what's your favorite? It's my 64 Caddy. My second favorite is my dad's uh, homage car to him. Oh. A 65, cat, uh, 65 Mustang, but it's his motor that was in his car. Wow. So I have his signature and buzz on the valve cover, Paul Mitchell on the brake calipers. Yep. Um, I think I've seen that one, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's in the new Colorways video. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. That's a, that's right. I didn't even put two and two together there. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. 
how fun. So like, what's the, okay. So I know like we've got the car collection and I know that there's a lot of other things, but like, what's the, what's the thing that makes you say like, yes, I want to do that. Or yes, I want to like jump in or, you know, like, is there something that like, is it like sort of just like you have an intuition or are you just like, no, this actually makes me really happy. So I just want to choose it. Like, what is that thing? No one's asked me that question before. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I, I, have, I have to have a passion for it, right? Yeah. It has to ignite some kind of electricity mm-hmm. in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm also a very tactile person. Yeah. Um, it's funny, my son, that's really, to me, the most exciting uh, part of my life's journey at the moment. But it's funny watching him because if he puts on a shirt that I'm like, can you please wear this? I don't like the tags itching me. I'm like, oh, Mara's like, see, you see where he gets it from? The tactile part, it's everything from the seat that you sit in, yeah. right? Yeah. And like these beautiful vintage chairs. Like, I love this I vintage love chair and how it kind of goes from a different, you can feel the tapestry and then into uh, the velvet onto it. It's just something that I go, oh. Wouldn't that be amazing in, as an interior of, of a car? So I'm doing a 190SL Mercedes, but I cut it into four pieces. I lengthened it and I as widened it. As one does. <laughs> and I put it on top of a, a relatively new Mercedes SL500 AMG. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a new car. Mm-hmm. But I took the body off and I put an old body and modify the body to fit over a car that was never supposed to fit. Mm-hmm. Now I need to make the interior look or have that vintage feel. Yeah. But it still has this modern dashboard. So we're in the middle of creating that. So what's the material going to be? And I said, oh, I got this idea. Chanel. Don't you love that Amazing. checkered Chanel? The quilting. The yeah. quilting. Yeah. And then if you can imagine having it as a car seat, so as I'm sitting here, I'm just I'm thinking, this would be an amazing car seat. <laughs> like to have the different patterns that you're able to sit and like when you're driving, you're got something on your back or, you know, I mean, it's I that kind that. of thing that yes. excites me. I love that. And I think, and, and the reason I asked that question is because I think so often um, we, we just like get so caught up in the grind and the hustle and we don't find the things that actually bring us joy. Yeah. Like we don't stop to be like, what brings me joy? And we think like, Oh, when I have this much money or, Oh, when I've achieved this point in my career, Oh, when I have, you know, whatever the target is, right? Like we hold off on the enjoyment and I love, like, I love that you love my vintage chairs. Um, because to be honest, like some people would be like, I don't know this old thing, like, right. And, and I think it's that perspective. And that's why I asked you that question is because that perspective is really powerful Mm -hmm. to be like, what's the thing that is actually just fun for you. You don't have to tell, like no one has to get it. Yeah. No one has to understand why that's your passion or why that's fun for you. But that's the thing that allows you to show up in the world and be so happy and to be able to scrub the grout on the floors yeah. and still have a smile on your face because you're just like, yeah, but this isn't, this isn't the definition of me. There's all these other things that I actually love that like really fire me up and get me revved up and get excited to, well, to and live. It's the journey that also creates us, right? Totally. So as many highs as I've had, I think I've had double the falls Yeah, and you know, <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, for me, what makes me proud is I was able to climb back up. Sometimes I would have to climb back up even higher and further to be able mm. to establish who, what I had lost. Yeah. Um, but I always kept my chin up and mm. I never brought negativity. Yeah. And I never brought the baggage with me. Mm. And I, I think that's the key to who I am today and mm. to my happiness today. I love that. Do you feel like, was that something that was always just like inherent to who you were? Or do you like... Did you have people around you? Was there like something that you went to, whether it was like a practice or like a book that you read that was like, okay, this could be like the worst thing ever, but I'm going to like keep my chin up and keep going. I would like to say it was inherent. I know a large part of it was my father. Mm. I know a large part of it was him because he had experienced a lot Mm -hmm. of, of, um, of pitfalls himself before he had created Paul Mitchell. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you might not know, but there was a shampoo line called PM. Mm-hmm. And shampoo number one was called Tea and Lemon. Oh. Very hippie-esque. Uh-huh. And Lovely. the conditioner was called Dream Cream. And then, I did course, not know this. You didn't know that? No. So the PM, obviously, is Paul Mitchell. Yeah. And the investor was in New York. My dad was in Hawaii. Then the guy swindled my dad's money. And all he had was a few hundred dollars left. And that's when John Paul had said, hey, 
come on, partner or friend. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get this one last go? I believe in you, Paul. And they had had a, a they had had a investor. They were they were ready to go. And as you know, the story goes, he pulled out last minute. Mm-hmm. And together, combined money was $700. Mm-hmm. The reason why the bottle was black and white is because it was the cheapest way that they could print it. And off, and off they went, and here we are today. Oh, my gosh. It's so I had no idea about PM. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm sure there's probably people that do. That's wild. Yeah. And I, I love that, that you're... I mean, again, going back to, like, the tenacity of just, like choosing the things that you know are going to create the future that you want and not and knowing that like i mean we all we all make mistakes and have pitfalls and things like that i have a friend that says i made more i've made more bad choices than people have made choices yeah like he's just like but he doesn't make himself wrong for it he's just like no i just kept choosing and i kept creating and i kept moving forward on the things that like match the energy of the future that i actually wanted to create so i love that um okay so I know you, so you've got the cars, you're doing that, you're collecting. I know you just, you just launched a special project. I did. I don't think, I don't know if, do a lot of people know about this? No, because we just launched recently about maybe three or four months ago. They're called Bugatti Eyewear. I had the licensing for these beautiful frames. So beautiful. My friend Robert said I look like Elvis just bought a motorcycle. (laughs) They are so light. They are. I tried them on before we started. So I have had these for the past maybe four months, Mm -hmm. and I've been traveling a lot lately. And you know how it is when you have sunglasses, you put them in your pocket, or you got your backpack, you put it in the small pocket, and then you put on your face, take it off your face, and all of a sudden the arm falls off because the screw backed out. Or the nose um, pads have like squished, and all of a sudden it's like sitting like this. (laughs) They still fit right. They look amazing. Normal, right? They look like- they're so good. like, like Like they just put it on my face the first time. So, okay, and I'm, I'm totally ignorant about this kinds of thing. So, like, the Bugatti thing. Yes. Is it, because Bugatti's a car, Yes, right? it is. So, okay. auto, do you have so a Bugatti? auto inspired, no, I, well, I do now. They're called sunglasses. <laughs> These are the only ones I can afford. <laughs> Those Bugattis are too expensive, and I wouldn't know how to insure them. These I can insure, because <laughs> I will keep them insured in my pocket. Um, but uh, what I do love is uh, my partner... Uh, Larry Sands um, and his two employees that have been with him for over 30 mm. to 35 years plus, mm-hmm. um, Ali and, um, and uh, Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted, so he, um, Larry Sands started and created um, Chrome Hearts Eyewear. Mm-hmm. He also did Matsuda, mm-hmm. um, Chambala, um, and a handful of other uh, glasses. He had created uh, the look for Karl Lagerfeld. Oh, Elton John he had created glasses amazing. for. So this guy's been in the business forever. Wow. Um, he's um, actually created a uh, the eyewear um, a store called Optical of Aspen. Mm-hmm. And then he had sold it, and he's been retired. And as he was retired, he was kind of thinking, uh... I'm too young to retire in this heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and he uh, opened up a store in Orange County. And we had been friends a long time ago, but I hadn't seen him in, in, a, in a forever. So mm-hmm. during COVID, finally when the stores opened up, I was like, I'm going to go to the um, uh, Fashion Island Mall down in Orange County. And I saw the store. I walked in, and lo and behold, there's Larry's face on a poster. And I went, oh, my God, my longtime friend. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he said, listen, I'm going to come out of, um, out of a retirement and do something for my two wonderful friends, Ali and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Would you like to be a part of it? Because we like your attention to detail. We yeah. like your fashion. Keep in mind, Larry is really good friends with JP. They were best friends oh, in the 70s. Small world. And they look exactly alike. <laughs> they both have that gorgeous long white beard and yeah. long hair, and they're both Good-looking men. Yeah. Good-looking men. Um, and this guy is just fantastic. He's just like, he's, his eye, obviously, you know Chrome Hearts. Yeah. Uh, his eye and, and, and attention to detail and the, the uh, materials. So in order for us to get the Bugatti, the Bugatti licensing, they were very adamant. They've had them before, mm-hmm. and then they discontinued them because they were cheap frames. Mm-hmm. They really wanted these frames to represent what the car is today. Yeah. So we had to make sure that all of the materials that we use in these glasses, they use in, in those cars. Oh, that's so Titanium, cool. Titanium. Yeah. 
um, carbon fiber. Uh, yes, there is gold in Bugattis. Amazing. And, um, and very high-end, um, special like ebony woods. So uh, that's wild. We are They're just so excited about it, and um, I was just in Cannes, and I walked them that's down wild. the uh, red carpet in Cannes. I was making sure that the glasses got all of the the media's attention, and then they wanted me to take it off uh. because they wanted to see my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like now, you know, some people get the sunglasses to match the car. So now I think you need the car to match the sunglasses. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm hoping the music industry and the sports, my yes. favorite basketball players. I'm a big basketball fan. Yeah. Uh, yes. Are Clippers or Lakers? I'm a Clippers. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, everyone out there. But it, it was my mom. So the story is my mom had just beat cancer. Yeah. She had stage three. And they said that she had six months to live and she beat cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, Mom, I want you to do something that you've never done before. During her chemo and her mm -hmm. hospital treatments, mm -hmm. she would watch the NBA championships and playoffs. Yep. Yep. And she was big. At one time, she was screaming, and the nurses thought that mm -hmm. she was screaming in pain. They ran inside the room, <laughs> and they said, I'm screaming for, what was it, the Cavaliers. Because <laughs> so she loved funny. LeBron James until he moved and, and he became a Laker. Anyway, so I said, what would you like? to do, and she said, I would love to have season tickets. And I said, for who? She said, the Clippers. I went, whew, I, said, I can't <laughs> afford season Laker tickets. Um, and we have great seats and we just enjoy rooting for uh, the underdog. I love that. I don't think I've actually, oh no, I have been to a Lakers game. I have not been to a Clippers game though. I'll but take it's you. The, yeah. Well, no, you go or, with my mom. Yeah, right? Shout out to Jolena. Oh, she'll um, love you. No, that would be so fun. It's, I think like, it's funny because Obviously, we're filming this in LA. If you didn't, if you guys didn't already know, we live in Los Angeles, and it's wild. People like, go hard for like Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. Like basketball is, I mean, really all the sports, but basketball especially. Like people really rep the the teams yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> just such a funny. That's cool though. I love. I didn't know that story behind the Clippers. I always wondered like, what is it like that makes someone a fan? But I think like you have a really cool story well i'm always the one that roots for the one that's losing so when it's football season <laughs> you're always rooting for the underdog well you know why why because i'm because i'm rooting the whole time uh okay. so if okay. i'm watching a football game and, and the one team is ahead then i stop rooting for the team that's ahead i start rooting for the one that's losing and then when the one that's losing gets ahead then i'm rooting for the one that's losing you just want to see everyone win i just want to see everyone win. <laughs> well i just want to cheer okay got and it yeah, i'm got like it. yeah 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 and then the, and they start losing I go, oh yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm not probably your favorite person to invite yeah, to a game. I know. What are they like? You're like a waffler. <laughs> You're like pick a team. <laughs> well, you did. You have, you picked the Clippers. I did. Thanks, yeah, mom. There you go. Yeah, that's so cute. I love that. So, what else do you have coming up that you're excited about? I know you have some travel that that you're about to hit the road again. You've been traveling a lot because getting you on the podcast was yeah. your assistant is. <laughs> A very well, smart woman. This is a very different year for us. Obviously, we've all experienced not being able to travel, mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of us probably started traveling last year. But for me, this year, we were invited to a lot of special events. Mm -hmm. So we got to go to um, Milan for Men's Fashion Week. We were invited to amazing. Uh, we, were, we were invited to go to Cannes, which I'd never been to before. How was it? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we went to a movie premiere opening, got to walk the red carpet, and that was exciting. Um, never been to the south of France, so we got to enjoy Saint-Tropez. But I also have a son that I share 50-50 custody yes. with, and I do everything I can to not miss my custodial time. Yeah. So the 50-50 kind of helps because every other week I know I have five to six days available where mm -hmm. I can go and do what I do, and I make sure that I'm home when I'm with him. That's amazing. He just turned eight. Which I can't believe. I remember when he was born. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's been eight years. Um, and then we're doing something really exciting with Paul Mitchell. We're doing PM Camp, mm -hmm. something we've never done before. Yep. It's at, um, I believe, the end of August. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be very different and fun and exciting. We're excited to bring our customers in to be able, again, when I was talking about being able to have the one-on-one -on -one yeah, and having them get totally. to know us. And yeah, for sure. Robert's already making jokes about mosquito repellent. And just to <laughs> let you know, my dad would tell me that the conditioner, Dream Cream, a.k.a., is really good for mosquito bites. 
when they're itch, you just put it on and yeah. smack it around. Because the conditioner, to be honest, it's one of my favorite leave-ins, especially yeah. for curly hair. And um, it also like doubles as like a body moisturizer. Yes. So it would make sense that the the uh, and shade. mosquitoes. Yeah, that yeah. also makes sense. I'm... I've never tried it, but <laughs> well, now the, that now that giving. the scruff things happening, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's, it's a, a trend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Yeah, PM Camp's gonna be amazing, and I think also too, like so much. I think we've seen a lot of change in the industry where people just want to be together. Like mm-hmm. they just want to connect with other people, and they want to be inspired. And sometimes they want to talk business, but sometimes they also just want to like restore and rejuvenate and be around like-minded people. Um, which, speaking of. This podcast is sponsored by Vagaro. So ah. we're going to do a little <coughs> as I'm choking. Um, so I think one of the things I was actually just in their head offices and they have an event coming up called Iconic 23, uh-huh. which is in San Diego, which I know you love. Um, and it's really just a time there's people like Jeannie Mai, Tabitha Coffee, maybe we can oh, cool. get Angus Mitchell down there. Yes. Um, but it's like a time for just beauty, fitness, makeup professionals, nail professionals to get together and just be inspired. Um, there's like keynote talks and things like that. So if you guys are interested, you can go to vagaro.com slash I love Tabitha, by the See? way. See? There you go. So I yeah. actually met her last year. She was at Iconic 22, yeah. and I was there as a keynote speaker as well. So um, yeah, head to the website. We'll post all the links below and in the comments, and you guys can check it out. Um, but you can go to Iconic vagaro.com slash pro slash Paula, and there's a link there for you to check it out. And um, We love you, Vagara. We love you. you we love you, Vagaro. <laughs> you keep my client, you make my client booking easy. You make it so that you automatically text my clients. I don't have to chase them down. There's reduced some low no shows, all that stuff. So I love it. It works for me. It's like having a personal assistant nice. in your pocket. So anyway. Um, but I think like you make a really good point about just like bringing people together. And I think that's one of the things I'm having known you over the years is that you're really committed to just like bringing people together. Um, and is that something that you feel like, well, okay, let's talk about this because you, did you grow up in Hawaii? No, uh, New York till I was 10. Okay. And then I moved to Hawaii till I was 18. Okay. And then I call myself Hawaiian. Yeah. My heart's there. Yeah. But when I go to New York, you get the energy in your feet and the you vibe. suddenly walk like a New Yorker. Everything yeah. changes. But for real, I mean, to be honest, my heart belongs in, um, in a Hawaii. Yeah. So. I, was, I thought you were saying it like front row at the Clippers, but well, well, that's that's for my mom. Thanks, <laughs> totally. thanks, Paula. Uh, but no, I mean, um, yeah, my heart and the way that I live my life. Is... Yeah, I get that, and I actually had the opportunity last year. We shot a campaign at the Aupui Farm. Yeah, um, which is this really inc- it's a beautiful space. Like the energy of the Aupui Farm itself is like incredible. The like. Um, the houses, what are the houses called? They're like the, the little wood houses that they're are little on the octagon homes yeah, they're, with all like glass walls. They're and, almost like these cabanas, but I, yeah. I think there's a word for them, but I can't think of what they're right. anyway. That's what I was raised in. That was my father's dream. It's His so, dream back in 1983 was to build a, build a sustainable farm. Mm-hmm. People in the eighties were like, what are you doing? That's crazy. What mm-hmm. gas was like, not even a dollar a gallon or was yeah. it a dollar a gallon at, at that time. And um, there was a lot of water and mm-hmm. we weren't in the crisis that we were, that we are in today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he saw things, he was a visionary. Yeah. I think that's why he was so far ahead of his time, making sure that the focus was on the hairdresser, the education and their business and helping hairdressers become better business people, not mm-hmm. just adding another bottle of shampoo mm-hmm. on the shelf to sell. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, right? Just five bottles, shampoo one, Regular shampoo, two, cleanser, the conditioner, leave-in conditioner, so you're not rinsing it out, in the shower, out, and out the door. Sculpting lotion, and then soon to be sculpting foam. Yeah. Um, now it's very more diverse. But, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, but that was the foundation of it, and, that was, and that's what allowed us to pay off our bills and for him to create uh, solar. So we caught our electricity from our son. We dug a pond to catch yeah. our water. Mm-hmm. And then these little houses were very, very simple. They're and beautiful. Yes, I was the one that planted the avapui. Really? Yes, I was. These hands, they ha- I got green thumbs. <laughs> and when I would complain about a bad back, he would slap me on the back and say, ah, it makes me proud. Now I know I'm getting my $1.25 an hour's worth. <laughs> so. 
But it's like the all weed farm is amazing. And I love what you talk about, like with the sustainability and it is self-sustaining. Like yeah. we, I watched how like we process the ginger in order to um, create a lot of, like we have a brand, all Pui Wild Ginger at Paul Mitchell that um, is incredible. And it's yeah. so crazy to watch how all of that gets processed and grown and how it is this like giving back to the land, re- like receiving from the land, giving back. And I think yeah. that sustainability story is really cool. Um and also, I know that you're really involved in, like, environmentalism and that kind of stuff in general. Because you were, like, the EMAs, I know. Yeah. Um, and you're, like, really well-known in those circles. So can you talk a little bit about just, like, your commitment to the earth? I know growing up in Hawaii probably contributes a lot to that. But Well, I mean, a lot of it for me, again, was being able to honor my father's um, wishes and dreams. Mm-hmm. So one of the pieces of property that we have, um, it had been overgrown um, when I had inherited portion of my inheritance I chose to, to take this property it's got 365 foot waterfalls um, it generate it generates electricity by hydro mm. so I it's taken me years a decade to get it to where it is today but now it's 100% sustainable on its own um, so we run the whole property generators everything by the hydro is that where we shot in Kona right yes it's no no Hilo Hilo, Hilo. so yeah, yeah. That property is, st- I've never, I don't know that I've ever been somewhere as beautiful as that. Yes. Like the energy of it, the home itself, the waterfalls, like it's stunning. I didn't, I didn't know it was like fully su- yeah. like self-sustaining. That's my happy place. It's so beautiful, understandably. Yeah. And, um, and with the EMA, <laughs> it's, you know, um, having people be inspired, getting like-minded people to get together and talk about making, making the world a better place, mm-hmm. making it more sustainable, which is why Another portion to why we hired a sustainability person within yeah. our, our company. I mean, we've even gone as far as composting mm-hmm. in all of our offices, which mm-hmm. I think it's it's important. Mm-hmm. It's 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 made me look at things when I pick up a foil pack to rip and put into my drink. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Throwing this inside the trash. So, um, with the EMAs, uh, everything from transport to vehicles. Um, I also helped. Uh, um, uh, produce a movie called Kiss the Ground, mm-hmm. which is a very much the way that I was raised yeah. on mulching and not tilling and turning the earth over mm-hmm. to dry it out. Just keep keep the earth the earth and replant without without turning the soil over. Yeah, um, it was magnificent that I had the opportunity to be one of the producers on it because yeah. it just brought me back to my my teenage upbringing on the Alfapui farm. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, right now, one of the cars that John Paul had bought my dad that's mm-hmm. in my collection is a 1959 Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, we're very excited about electric cars. Yeah. Right? Everyone wants to be sustainable, and we all think that the best way to be sustainable is to have an electric car, but we have not found a way to recycle the batteries. Mm-hmm. And the lifespan on a battery on a car is five years. Mm. Then you had to replace the battery pack, and then where, where, do, where do these batteries go? Mm-hmm. I want to do something, build another car as an homage to my father in the way that he would look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm building a hydrogen motor. We're in the middle of looking and of building a V12, which will have the equivalent of 800 horsepower. So that just means really strong and really fast. Yes. Right? Strong and really fast. <laughs> but it emits water. So hydrogen is a gas, yeah. not a liquid. Right? Right. It's an, and it'll be filled in these, in these gas tanks. Uh-huh. And one, a 15, they don't measure it in gallons, but a 15-gallon tank is the equivalent of a 40-gallon tank of gasoline. What? Yes. So I'm really excited about, for me, I think the future is going to be a hybrid of hydrogen and, and electric. That's where I see the future. Wow. Um, okay, wait, but didn't your dad build a hydro, like an electric car, right? Electric cars. Solar in powered. The, in the early 80s so or, or mid 80s. So 86, 85, we were building electric cars with old battery packs, like the yeah. ones that fit in your old 65 Mustang, big, heavy batteries. We'd dry them all over the farm. Didn't have a body on it. Just had like a wooden seat and like wooden pedals. Uh, that, that was shaped as your foot. It was very creative at oh the time. Oh, my gosh. 
But yes, then we built an electric car. It was the first electric car race across the continent from Darwin to Adelaide. That's right. And this car, I had asked John Paul, I said, can we please donate it to the Peterson? Yeah, I've seen it there. And that's where it sits today. So um, when they do show it, it says, uh, Paul Mitchell, what will they think of next? And that's the, um, that's the staging that they have for the car. But what was interesting about the car was it had a fixed wing. So yeah. like an airplane wing, when it's horizontal, creates lift. But when it's vertical, creates push. Mm-hmm. So it acted as a sail. So let's say you had a 15 to 20 mile per hour crosswind. You could shut off the motor and you're sailing on the wind. That was the, uh, the idea. Like who would have thought that a hairdresser and some hippie guys on top of right. a... I think they're all smoking a little something funny going... <laughs> and you know then it's going to sail on the wind! <laughs> But on the but on land, and then it's gonna oh, run on electric batteries. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, that's so cool. Okay, so high uh, is it called like a hydro powered car? No, is what that was the one that you're well, the one you're building. Going back to the one hydrogen that car, a hydrogen car. Yes. Okay. Now, not many places in the U.S. sell hydrogen. It's very popular on the West Coast. Because <laughs> we like alternatives more on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I believe that, you know, like when you look at city buses, yeah. when it says city bus running on, um, on uh, clean gas, uh-huh. it's because they're hydrogen powered buses. Uh, so the next time you see a public bus driving and it says clean gas, you'll now know it that it's emitting water. What will they think of next? Yeah. What will you think of next? Well, that's what I love. Like working with the with the environmental association, you know, we're we're always thinking and talking. And of course, the quick fix right now, electric, let's completely emit the CO2s. Let's yeah. get the rest of the world to catch up. Totally. But at the same time, we gotta be mindful of where are we gonna mine for lithium? What where is the lead and the acid gonna go from these old batteries? Mm-hmm. And how and how are we going to dispose of them? We need to start thinking of what's next. Yeah. So as we're beginning to protect our planet, the next step will obviously be hydrogen, which means mechanics still have a job. Yeah. So right. Keep learning how to how to fix a combustion motor because <laughs> it won't emit anything. It will in the future emit um, water. And I think CO2. you bring up such a good point because. A lot of people think, oh, electric cars are better for the environment. And I think it is one of those things right now we're kind of choosing between like the best of, t- of a couple of options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like like you said, the lithium and the, the things that are required in order to make a battery like aren't always environment. They're not environmentally friendly necessarily. So it's like you kind of have to pick your poison. So I love what you're... I love what you're adventuring and creating. Oh, it's so exciting. Like, it's so exciting. Yeah, I mean, at the what moment... What even made you think of that? Well, I mean... It's Noel and I. We, yeah. we're, we're constantly talking and kicking ideas around. Yeah. And because of our concern of batteries, and I had said this at the EMA, it was funny. Um, a Toyota was there and they yeah. had their table and they yeah, had their yeah. Prius and they were talking about. They also have a, a hydrogen car mm, that mm-hmm. they built that's for the, um, that's for the consumer. Um, and I said, you know, guys, I'm, I'm a car guy, but I'm not a big fan of your Prius. And you could just imagine all of the chairs nearly fell over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. I said, but because you guys haven't figured out a way to recycle the batteries. Mm-hmm. And the head of Toyota, the next time I saw them, said, thank you for having that conversation with us. Because after you had that conversation to, uh, with us, we have now been working really hard uh, at the Toyota Corporation and they have a set date to when they will have batteries recycled and moving wow. forward. So they're now they're now working on the technology to make They're working it on that technology right now. They're also working on that technology again of hydrogen. And yeah. the conversation that we have at the EMA again is that hybrid. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at these big trucks, right? Um, Tesla built yeah. a um, truck a tractor trailer truck. Yeah. Do you know the weight? of what that truck is all loaded up with batteries. No. Do you, can, can you imagine all the broken roads? Oh yeah. The weight underneath uh, on our freeways. Yeah. Already with the rains that we've had in California, mm-hmm. it's pothole crazy on, on the freeways today. Yeah. We need to reduce the weight on these big semi truck. Oh, and if yeah. you can create a 
hydrogen and a uh, electricity hybrid truck, you're reducing the weight of the truck, reducing the amount of um, uh, destruction yeah. on the road. And wow, yeah, it's just food for thought. But that's in the future. Hopefully, within the next ten years, we'll be right there. Well, that's what, that was my next question. Is like, so what's next for Angus Mitchell? Like the next five years, ten years? Like, what are <sighs> where 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 would you like to be? <laughs> um, my wife said I would be a. She, she said, "Wouldn't you like to be a funny little old man in Saint Tropez?" Yeah. <laughs> We were in Saint Tropez. It was so cute. There was this old dude, and he had his like fedora on, and he was chatting up all the girls coming in, course, in yeah. and out of the restaurant. She said, "That reminds me of you." <laughs> um, I said, "I don't know if I could be that, but um, it also might be a little more than ten years out." That's true. <laughs> Do you think so? Yes. Yeah, I have to be seventy something. Yeah, I right? know. I'm like, okay. you got you got a lot more years on you, Angus. <laughs> like, don't leave me yet. <laughs> um, of course, for me, it's. It's my dedication to, to our company. Mm -hmm. um, and first and foremost, my son, mm -hmm. because that 50-50 custody part is when, when, when we do have him, mm -hmm. Mara, whom we've nicknamed Sunshine because Aww. that's just how she radiates. Yes. And he calls her Sunshine. We all call her Sunshine. That's so cute. Um, we do everything with him and make sure that we get as much out of mm -hmm. that for our, our hearts and for his. Mm -hmm. um, and then when he leaves us, then it's all hands on deck. What can we do for JPMS? So mm -hmm. when it's core, uh, when it's my, um, my influence through uh, different collections or the team doing yeah. the collections and me getting mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. involved and watch my team evolve, which they've been doing so well. I'm so proud of all of you. Mm, thank you, Ingrid. Um, and just giving just just lending my heart yeah lending my heart because this company is so unique and i think a lot of us probably forget mm -hmm. how unique this company is mm -hmm. it is the largest privately held beauty care industry yeah. in the world mm -hmm. there's not one other company that doesn't have a board of directors and investors that are putting money in and yeah. pulling money out yeah right and uh, as of now john paul and i we have not taken one dividend in over a year and mm -hmm. we want to continue to reinvest we just bought a building in santa monica mm -hmm. as our academy yep what i'm excited about that is we're going to build up and we're going to have our corporate offices above our academy Amazing. what does that mean that means every time our our employees come in marketing uh development um help me fill in all of them. All like, of them. Yeah. They have to walk through yeah. the salon. Design, HR, yeah. like everybody. <laughs> so before, you can just imagine our other brands, they go to the corporate office, even us, our mm -hmm. corporate office, they lost the communication with the salon. Yeah. They had to call up Robert Chromian Salon and some of our other right. close partners to get their intel. But mm -hmm. for us to have it in our mm -hmm. building all at once, totally. that is just incredible. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited for our, our future investment there. Mm -hmm. Our um, investment with um, this incredible man, Stephen Moody, who's iconic throughout the industry as probably, in my opinion, the best educator. Mm -hmm. um, he was my boss at Sassoon's when mm -hmm. I first started in 92. And I just think it's so funny that and life's journey comes around full circle. Always. I get to work side by side with him. And now I'm his boss, but I'm his biggest <laughs> fan. That's right. It's like, that's why you always got to be nice to people because you might be working fan. for them one day. Um, and so, I mean, the future is really, really bright. It's strong. What Michaeline, mm -hmm. uh, John Paul's daughter, she is the CEO of mm -hmm. our company now. And her strength and her wisdom, uh, she's not just a kid mm -hmm. that was just given yeah. the keys to the uh, palace. She's really smart. Um, she's entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. uh, she's really taken the company to a new level. Um, I think we are doing a refresh mm -hmm. with Paul Mitchell. Um, as you could probably already have seen, our Avapui, we have changed. Yeah. And do you want to know why? This is news to me. I just found out. Yeah, tell, I, yeah. It's because the black bottles, because when you try to recycle the black bottles, the, the machine that recycles does not read through black bottles. Yeah. Um, so we've changed it in the mindset to be more sustainable. That yeah. is why we changed mm -hmm. the Avapui uh, brand. Um, 
we have now also in the in the works changing the uh, tea tree line. Mm-hmm. And again, sustainability being our our, our focus. So yeah. the label is designed to fall off mm-hmm. the bottle. So then when it does go through the recycling, it's been, it's able to read through. The label is also recyclable. Mm-hmm. Um, it teaches me a lot because now I do everything. Now when I'm in my house, yeah. I rinse everything, all the, yeah. all the food containers, I yeah. rinse everything. I'm, I'll pull stuff out of the uh, trash <laughs> and rinse everything through. Um, and then the most important one and the one that we all kind of take a deep breath and go... Is our Paul Mitchell our our black and white? Mm-hmm. We are also doing a refresh, and the reason because I asked Michael and I said, mm-hmm. okay. Um, she said I changed the logo. The logo is no longer held restricted by the two lines. Mm-hmm. Paul in a lovely big font, the same font as Paul Mitchell, and Mitchell underneath mm-hmm. it. I thought that was brilliant when I first saw that. I thought, yes, that's right on. Mm-hmm. Now on billboards, we can see it nice yeah. and strong and yeah. proud. I think we've shown that. Yeah, um, for sure. And on the bottle, it looks fantastic. But mm-hmm. then she did a market survey. She hired someone to come in and look at our bottles on the uh, shelf with other product lines. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the black and white just disappeared. Mm. And when you talk to people, like when we were, um, we did a core for a chain salon, mm-hmm. and they're very big-hearted Paul Mitchell people, but they mm-hmm. said our younger people don't know how to push it because they remember it as their moms or grandmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I resent, by the way, because I <laughs> don't look like a grandpa. Um, so I think this refresh really brings a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. Um, also very strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the shower, I don't know about you, Paula, but my eyes have started to gone a little funny. <laughs> So when I'm trying to read in the shower, what is this? And we tried to like fix it by changing the different color caps. It yeah. still doesn't work. Yeah. We're going to be able to change the different um, categories by different colors. Mm-hmm. So with the different colors being more... Um, recognizable. Recognizable and jumping off the shelf. Yeah. With our logo being more bold mm-hmm. and prominent, I think it's just going to be exciting as it begins to roll out. Totally. Um I can't wait to see what type of people want to work for us with yeah. this new refresh. Yeah. Uh, Sunshine, a.k.a. Mara, my love, was like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. What type of people are we going to attract? Mm-hmm. Educators mm-hmm. Uh, with this new refresh because we will become a more, in my opinion, um, attract, mm-hmm. attracted, uh, attractable to mm-hmm. to. to to our younger yeah. clientele. Totally. But we are wiser. Mm-hmm. So we're not just a new company that just came out a year ago or yeah. three years ago and we're cool for now. Right. We are 43 years wise. Mm-hmm. Our DNA is black and white. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's like anytime there's a company that's willing to look at like, hey, this is what we've always done, but like what else can we do? That's always going to be a company that's on the forefront. Whereas like, you know, they always say that the downfall of a corporation is like, well, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. And so I think even that ability to question and to have an owner that's that's backing and supporting those moves, I think is really, really powerful. And yeah, I'm excited to see what it creates. It's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so something you may not know about me is um, I actually love Crocs. I think they're super comfortable. I know people think they're ugly, but I actually love them. Um, and so every guest on the podcast gets a pair of Crocs. Huh, nice. So I try to choose the ones that I feel like match people's vibe a little bit. And I think like for you, we could go either way. Okay. Like, because, you know, you got your big colorful... I love that you're already taking your shoes off. I'm taking my <laughs> shoes off. <laughs> we need to get a Crocs cam for the next season. Um, but I'm, I... I am taking off my Paul Mitchell Which are amazing. Shoes. I know. They're beautiful. That's our main camera, so make sure oh, we get a good shot right of those. Okay. <laughs> These are also sustainable, made from our Swiss distributor. I love it. The leather has been recycled, and I believe even the rubber was recycled from, from old uh, tennis shoes. They're really beautiful. Like They, they look so expensive and elevated. And yeah, baby. You, yeah, you look great. You know, um, my dad and I, when I was just a teenager, he would drive his convertible Mustang around Waikiki. He'd see a pretty girl walking by. He'd slow down and he'd say, can I give you a ride? Of course, she'd see this gorgeous European man with this great accent <laughs> and his son. So she'd feel safe. And so 
she'd sit in the middle and he'd say, just want you to know, he's AM, I'm PM. He's up all morning, but I'm up all night. No. <laughs> yes, that's the how lines. I did too. I was like, oh, dad, oh. It's like the dad, like the lines, the lines always. It's so good. It's such a good line though. Anyway, okay, so. I know you spend a lot of time, you know, like you just like to relax. You just came from an amazing experience. So I got you these um, very casual Ooh. slides. They could be your house shoes. You could take them to. These look the like beach. Kanye. I know, right? <laughs> Listen, Crocs did it. So these are your Crocs. Let me give you both of them. You can um, give. Yeah, they look. There you go. All right. I love it. So good. Crocs. So there you go. Now you're, do you own any Crocs? No. No. Of course. Yeah. It's my <laughs> like, first Croc. There you go. <laughs> That's your pair of Crocs. They look great on you, actually. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. Thank you for, thanks for coming. It actually means a lot. I know you're very busy and, you know, you had to drive a bit to get in here. So I, I'm grateful for you. And I also just love, I have to tell you, I love the tenacity and just the joy and the wonder that you walk through the world with. Like, I always feel so loved and so celebrated and, it's it's really powerful. Like there's this bright light that you are that is like such a gift to the world. So I'm grateful that I get to shine and bask in your in your your rays of joy. So thank you for coming and thank thanks you. for this conversation. Thank you. It's amazing. I love thank it. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you. If you guys like the Paula Pearl show, if you like this episode, please share it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, um, and also make sure that you comment and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Aloha.